Today on Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet, where the bands are. Hey everybody, you're listening to Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet. It's the podcast where we talk about every Bruce Springsteen song alphabetically one by one. My name is Rob Carmack. Over there where the bands are, that's JB. Clark. Hey, did you say today Shout It Out Loud or did you say today where the bands are? I said where the bands are. What, did you hear okay. Shout It Out Loud? Yeah, but that's probably just because I want to I wanna Shout It Out Loud. Like by Kiss? Uh, No, like the lyric in this song. Oh, <laughs> I thought you meant like the, the Kiss song. You know what I mean? Yeah, the the refrain in this song is not unfamiliar. I mean, uh, dissimilar, but interesting. Okay, uh, man, right. Kiss is one of those bands that some days I love, and some days I just hate that they ever existed. <laughs> Look, there's nothing bad about liking Kiss. Is fun, you know what I mean? Like you don't. Oh, yeah, it's not. Deep. I mean, the fact that they were just they were just like, hey, all right, so we can all play our instruments, right? Right. All right. Cool. So instead of practice today, let's sew. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we're out of rhinestones again. Somebody's gonna have to run to the store. What is the toughest thing we could possibly do? Makeup. <laughs> now that that is true, except that they really were pretty great songwriters. Like there, there's some of those albums. Um, yeah. There's no, yeah, there's no denying it. Like, Destroyer is a freaking great album. That is an undeniably good album. Yeah. I just have, like, such a complicated sort of, like, uh, relationship in my own mind with, like, all the members of the band. I think people of our generation tend to have that because of, like, the reality shows and, like, the reunion tours and stuff. Yeah. But I also, like, kind of love all that stuff, too. <laughs> yeah. It's com- it is complicated. It's, it's one of those bands you're like, I think I like this. I think it's okay for me to like this. Uh, because it's weird and it's definitely self-indulgent. Like if if you're looking for a group of artists who really love themselves and what they do, like look no further than the four members of Kiss. But uh, yeah, I think in my head I'm normally like, well, you know, like Ace is all right. <laughs> yeah, Gene- I'm saying that. I'm sure someone right now is saying that I'm a terrible person for thinking Ace is all right. I don't know why, but there's probably something out there, you know. Well, because anytime uh, somebody's standing next to Gene Simmons, they seem like an okay person. You know what I mean? Because Gene Simmons is yeah. such an obnoxious. Like, have you ever heard the Terry Gross interview where she asks him a question and he gives an answer and she says, well, that's a really obnoxious answer. Like, freaking Terry Gross. <laughs> have you heard that? No, no I haven't. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to download it right now. Make a note to yourself. It's, it's a pretty old interview, but, I mean, it gets played every once in a while when it's like, here's what Car- Terry Gross is capable of when she gets annoyed. The Fresh Air podcast only keeps the last uh, last year. Yeah, you got to go looking for uh, it. Like just Google, just Google Terry Gross interviews Gene Simmons, and at the very least, that that soundbite will come up. I am I am sure of it. It's it is too iconic to to not exist somewhere out there. Someone just made cats. Someone put cats. What? <laughs> Someone got two cats and put them on a stage and gave them like wigs and microphones, and played the Gene Simmons. Terry Gross interview under it. Okay, you okay? You gotta you send that to me, and when we post this episode, <laughs> we'll also post that video from YouTube. And it's anybody who doesn't listen to this it, podcast but... is gonna be like, "What? Why?" Oh my gosh! All right, we've been talking about Kiss for a long time on this Bruce Springsteen podcast. Way too long. Uh, all right. Oh my gosh! So the song. I, I, hang on. I, I wish that there was a video, like a you know how like. Like like a e a late night on e like Howard Stern or whatever, but like with Terry Gross and her interviewee, just in two different rooms. 
Just talking at a real low volume. In, yeah, in other parts of the country. That would be I would watch that so much. I know you would. Okay, so we all would. Can we talk about where the bands are? We can. Okay. Uh, did we? Did we ever find out? Well, we haven't. We haven't really started looking yet. We've been talking oh. about Kiss literally since the, we started recording. I guess they're a band. Okay, so where are they? They're one of the bands. Yeah. So you know what? Actually, okay. No, I was gonna go down a Wilco rabbit hole. We we don't have that kind of time. Um, so we're, we're we're trying we're trying to be okay. We just you before can't I hit tell the, me you were gonna go down a Wilco rabbit hole and then not go down it. Well, I was just thinking. I, it reminded me of the line from Heavy Metal Drummer when he says, "Oh, I knew you were gonna bring up Heavy you know, Metal Drummer." Playing Kiss mm. covers on the landing in the summer, you know, because that's where the bands are. The bands are on the landing in the summer, and they're playing Kiss covers. So we just found the nexus between this song and Wilco and Kiss. And I love Heavy Metal Drummer. That it, is such a good song. And it's in it's in the chorus of the song Heavy Metal Drummer. That's where you find everything. So anyway, so we are talking about the song, where the bands are. This song was had two separate uh, releases. It was released in 1999 on 18 tracks, which was a, a, a shorter version of the, the tracks box set, which was also just filled with outtakes from previous recording sessions. And then in 2015... It all it was released again on the Ties the Bind colon the River Collection, which, and I think we mentioned before, like a lot of us who went out and spent all that money on the Ties the Bind because we want to give Bruce our money, uh, were maybe not super thrilled that most of the stuff that we paid for we already had in another form, you know, but yeah. whatever. And then did so, you say it was on regular tracks too? Nineteen ninety eight regular tracks. Uh, I only have it on eighteen tracks and the Ties the Bind. Is it also on regular tracks? Uh, I've got it on regular tracks. What disc is well, it? Let on? me. I'm, I'm, I may have just missed it. Uh, that, that's a basic fact. We definitely need to cover that if that's if that's the case. Yeah, just two. Okay, well track, that's an, track five. Just two, track five. That is an oversight on my part. So it came out in 1998 on big tracks. <laughs> it came out in 1999. Spotify, which has been wrong before, but is, I mean, like you know, with their entire library, or whatever, 99 percent right. That's probably. I mean, it's probably one. right. Um. If it's if it's not, I'll just cut all this stuff out, and we'll, we will have never talked about it. But so in in 1998, it shows up on tracks apparently, and then in 1999, it shows up again on 18 tracks, and then in 2015, it shows up on the ties that bind the river collection. Which means there are definitely people out there within the sound of our voices who paid for this song no fewer than three times. Yep. So that's that's what we call fans. So this song, there are people out there with our voices who paid for this song three times. There are people using our voices that paid three times for this song. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's a good point. So there are people using our voices. <laughs> yeah, um, there there are people who took our voices and synced them up with cat videos. That man, I would watch that. It's like the uh, John Oliver's dog uh, Supreme Court. Anyway, before we derail this totally oh again, it's impossible for us to get through it. Okay, so anyway, so yeah, we, okay, so the song was an outtake from the river, as uh, example, as we can see because it was on the ties of the bind, and the most recent performance of this song live was July the twenty eighth, two thousand twelve, in Gothenburg, Sweden. I feel like Gothenburg shows up a lot in that in the question of when was this song performed last. So Gothenburg, if you go to the shows in Gothenburg, you're probably going to get some rarities, which that's good to know for all of our, our listeners on that side of the pond. So um, anyway, do we do people talk about the other side of the pond in other references besides the U.S. and the U.K.? Or is it only in those two? Can we talk about the other side of the pond as all of Europe? I had a neighbor lived like on the other side of a pond that was between our property growing up. Yeah. We talked about it that way sometimes. Cool. 
<laughs> so, well, I mean, you asked. It may or may not. It, it may or may not be useful. I, I asked if it could be used in other parts of Europe, but you know, the other side of your house that, or you know, across the creek. Super that's confident fine too. there are ponds in Europe too. Across the pond that separates the United States from Europe is what I mean. I don't know. I think it's probably like came out of the tension between the two countries. You know. Yeah, that's probably right. All right. Well, geography aside, that's the the last time the song was played. <laughs> was in on july the 20th 2012 in gothenburg sweden so uh let's talk music a little bit it's a pretty fun little pop song wouldn't you yeah say? it's a little punk rock it is a little punk rock i like this song yeah guitar tones are are very loose there's some really great if not a little bit typical sax work around one uh, minute 45 uh accompanied with tons of background shouts and some really great guitar work uh, follows it yeah uh, just really cool solos and and sax just trading off and stuff. And hang on, I had a note here that I'm that doesn't make sense. Sure. Oh yeah yeah. So so I, I like this idea. Like I want to be a slave to the beat. I want. I think this is lyrics, but mm-hmm. kind of musical too. I want something that'll break my chains. Uh, something to break my heart. Something to shake my brains. It's like this really cool sentiment that the song I think kind of hinges on. Like that to me that like fully captures the. Uh, being young and, and trying to go out and see a show, you know? Yeah. Uh, hey, you going to the show tonight? You going to the show tonight? Like, I, you know, and your mom's like, you got to stay home. I, don't, I can't stay home. Like, I, can't, I have got to go be shaken up. Like, I need to experience something. You know, we saw this metal band in, in like, eighth grade, and some dudes in gas masks started, like, slam dancing with roadkill. I, I thought we were, were done like, talking about Kiss. I'll never see this again. It was actually a band called Norma Jean. Uh, and I was like, I will never see this again, ever. Uh, side note, Norma Jean is also a group of, it is a woman who sang country music a really long time ago. And sometimes Spotify on the first day, like misfiles their archival records of hers. And so I follow Norma Jean, the metal band on Spotify and I'll get a notification. They have a new record and I'll be like, huh, interesting artwork and start playing it and get super disappointed. Norma Jean was also the real name of Marilyn Monroe. Yes. Which is where they got their name. Sure. Anyway, that idea that I'd never seen that before. I hadn't seen it since it shook me up. I thought about it. I'm, I'm thinking about it now all these years later. And that's this idea of this sort of a electric underground music scene. Mm hmm. Something that'll break my chains and break my heart and sh- shake my brains. Um, and that's I, that's what the song is trying to capture musically. I don't think it quite nails it, but it really, it, it definitely feels like an Asbury Park underground music scene situation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, and there is, there is a group of fans that would argue that this song absolutely should have made the album. In fact, uh, Bruce once said that he could have switched this song out with Out in the Street. And not, and this is a quote, and not fundamentally alter the essence of what the record was. So for Bruce, this song and Out in the Street pretty much like filled the same need in on the record, which, and we'll talk more in the lyrics, but, but sonically, I think that's probably true, except try and imagine a world in an alternate universe where Out in the Street is not on the river. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what would that even be? Like, I, I have a really hard, that's one of those songs that feels like a like a pillar of that album. And so just to pull right. it out feels, that feels odd in my imagination, but Bruce is not wrong. Like if he, if he had taken out out in the street and put this in, when we got the ties to the bind, we'd be listening to out in the street being like, I can't believe he didn't put this on the album, but this song would have been fine on that, that in that spot. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, I think he's right though. It would have changed the, you know, the record. No, he says it wouldn't have changed the, the record. I think it would have though. Never oh, really? mind. 
it's just yeah on the street to me and maybe it's just because it is it is a filler this doesn't and, and what i was gonna say is like this i think that if they would have written this song like early early 70s this would have been like a calling card this would have been one of the most famous songs bruce springsteen ever wrote you know what i mean if he if he had put it on one of his first records as is and i, I think they tried to write this song a bunch for a long time and they finally did it but they weren't they weren't an underground rock band in Asbury Park anymore. And so it, it's not quite as it's not. You can't shake it up as much if you have the amount of gravitas that they had at that time. Does so that you, make sense? You think maybe if this had been on The Wild, The Innocent, it would have been a little bit more like correct in terms of like the mythology of the band. Right. And I also think it would have just absolutely shattered the rock scene. You know what I mean? Interesting. Yeah. It's a cla- this is a clash song. It, I really, really like this song. I, I yeah, um, yeah. And I don't think I like it in a, the timeline. That's the only problem I have with it. Is like, at this point in time, it's like, come on, guys, you're, you know, like you're adults now. No, except uh, except that's you're, the thing you're playing about playing arenas. If they would, but this song is about. I think this song is about how they felt, but I think they were trying to write this song when it was just this is how we feel. Does but, that make sense? Yeah, except like that's the whole point of the record. Like he 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 talks about the record as the coming of age record. And so there's a lot of in in the album there's a lot of tension between adulthood and youth. So like and and we can talk more as we get into the lyrics, but th- that's the whole thing about out in the street, right? You've got this person who it's it's work, but it's also like I'm really excited to go sort of like relive or try and recapture all those emotions I had when I was younger and that's that's sort of the it, it's it's lit it's that internal tug of war between getting older and wanting to be young and that's and i think that's why this the song is great for the river i i mean i i wouldn't remove out in the street but there are certainly songs i would make i mean i may be in the minority here but i i wouldn't mind him taking out two hearts and putting this where where that is i think that would i think that would elevate the album a little bit um yeah I, well but two hearts is a big, big part of like the that growing up thing. Right. Which is why he's Bruce. I'm, I'm never going to be the person that tells Bruce how he should have tracked an album. I'm just trying to think like if there's an, if there's a song that I think this, I think this song is better than that song is what I'm saying. And so if all I was trying to do was make a, an album that was filled with better songs, I would take out two hearts and put where the bands are. But uh, like, yeah. I, you're right. The two hearts is thematically two hearts is correct where it is on that album. Right, you'd have better songs, but you would have a worse record for it. I think well, I, my argument is is not that this is is a bad song or should have been on or shouldn't have been on. It's it's that this is a great outtake. This is a surprising and great outtake. Not unlike Meet Me in the City. Yes, had they recorded this song five to seven years earlier, it would have been a seminal hit. Maybe and so. it could have. I mean, and I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm saying if they did just as is right now, just back in time i don't know it would not have been like it would not have been an outtake it would have been a seminal hit but i mean you mentioned the clash but london calling also came out in the same year that the river did both those albums came out in 1980 like i I feel like earlier this song would have been ahead of its time and it wouldn't it would not have like if he put this on an album i don't know that it would have been heard that's when bruce is at his best when he's a little bit ahead of the time just a little bit ahead of time it may be when he's at his best but it's also when he he's most underappreciated you know what i mean like greetings from raspberry park didn't sell any copies yet like a few years later someone else takes blinded by the light and makes a massive hit out of it i just think like the mythology of this song and also just imagine just imagine like a nobody band who's been working it in all the, you know, like, for whatever reason, in college towns of Virginia, and then in Asbury Park for 
almost a decade, just breaks this bad boy out. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying it wouldn't it's have been so, good. We're, we're, it is so like concise. We're talking about two is, different things. We're t- you're, it is clear. It is such a. It's like it's a thesis statement for his early years. And I think as like it's a great thought. It you know to think about you know in the past. So whenever we're in we're in the future now, and and we write the song and we're thinking back. But imagine like if this was if this was like news, like a news report and not a uh, memory. It would just, it's just, it's so concise and so energetic. No, I'm with you. And it, it, it's a great song and it would have been a great addition to one of those albums. But the conversation started with, this would have been his seminal hit. And so you're, the, the first statement was about how the market would respond to it. And the second statement is about like, what is like, what is correct in the timeline? You know what I mean? And those are two different questions. This would have been too early for like, it, it would have, it would have hit in the same way that Blinded by the Light did. People would have figured it out later. And then, but now, but then later we we're having a conversation about like what it has to say and when, how old he was when it would have been interesting for him to say that, you know, and those are two different conversations. Like one's about the market and one's about like the expression. I think we can just agree to disagree on it. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like Bruce has, the, the market has never necessarily like rewarded Bruce in real time. It's not true. Born to run, born in the USA. Bruce has never once had a number one single. Well, right. I mean, a ton of, a ton, some of the greatest bands haven't. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. I'm saying, like, it hasn't rewarded him in real time. It has, over time, people have responded. And Born to Run was a hit as an album. But, yeah. but he, ne- like, nothing from, from that album became, like, an earth-shattering single. Like, there was nothing on that album that, that changed. Like, there was not a single song that, like, broke into mainstream radio in the way that Hungry Heart. Like, really, you can make the argument right. that Hungry Heart is the closest he ever came to having. I, I get that argument. I don't. I. I don't even think about that when I say Seminole hit. Like, I don't listen to any bands that have ever had a number one song. You know right. what I mean? Like, no, no one who's uh, for a reason. It's just like if you went back and looked. You know, it's it's not causal. It's coincidental. Did I cut out? Yeah, for a second, but I think I caught. I you, you caught back up. We're good. So yeah. So it's not it's not causal that I don't listen to number one hits. It's just coincidental that the bands that I think are great are bands that are not recognized in their day and age. They're recognized later, and everyone else sounds like them later. Right. And I'm saying this would have been, this would have been a, a, a like a, a mile marker that people would have pointed to. Do you you think this would have been Born to Run before Born to Run was if it had shown up in 1970? That's what I'm saying. Yes, okay. that is what I'm saying. All right, is that it would have been the moment where people would have said you would be reading books about bands, uh, and they would say you know bands in New York or whatever in the 80s would say we were just trying to write where the bands are. Yeah, instead maybe, of like, saying, Rosalita. I mean, right. yeah. instead of saying like we were just trying to get that whole wild, innocent East Street vibe, they would have said we were trying to write where the bands are. Yeah, maybe. I mean, people you hear people say that about like Rosalita sometimes, or yeah. um, does this bus stop at eighty at eighty second Street? I've heard specifically. And I would argue that no one has ever written the songs. <laughs> no, that's right. All right. Well, or, and I don't think anyone can. <laughs> All right, well, we are already not hitting our time goal, but... Um, Before we started this podcast, we both have, like, things that we need to do, and we were like, hey, what if we just uh, knocked one out tonight, and it'd be cool and chill and, you know, and easy, and we'll keep it on the rails. Yeah, and, <laughs> and immediately, the first thing we did was take it off the rails, and then rip those rails from the ground. <laughs> well, what JB fails to tell me before we hit record is, like, listen, I've got a couple minutes on Kiss that I'm going to do right before we get started, so... I didn't bring up Kiss. You brought up Kiss. No! 
you did. I said. You said shout it out did loud. You say shout it out loud because there's a lyric in this song that's shout it out loud. And then you went shout out loud like kiss. And I was like, no, but you know. All right, I'll carry some of the blame. Let's <laughs> let's find our way back to the main road. Let's let's. Do... I mentioned the lyric from the song that we're talking about. Well, we weren't to the lyrics. As far as I know, those lyrics don't exist. I try and be fully present in the moment, JB. <laughs> I do okay. basic facts, then I do music, then I do lyrics. That's how this works. And before we do lyrics, the lyrics never existed to begin with. That's correct. Those lyrics don't exist until incorrect. one of us acknowledges them. <laughs> that's, how, that's how this works. Here are the lyrics to where the bands are. I hear the guitars ringing out there, ringing out down Union Street. I hear the lead singer shouting out, girl, now I want to be a slave to the beat. Yeah, tonight I want to break my chains. Somebody break my heart. Somebody shake my brains. Downtown, there's something I want to hear. There's a, there's a sound, little girl, little girl, keeps little ringing in my ear. So The way that he says brains, I love, because he's shouting it so hard that he can't, like, pronounce an R. It's a W, because he's shouting it so hard. You know what I mean? Oh, I see. Yeah. I love it. And then we got us a chorus. It's, I want to be where the bands are. I want to be where the bands are. Where the bands are. Where the bands are. I want to be where the bands are. So it's not a super complicated chorus. So, I mean, this is, it's very straightforward. It's basically like there's, there's the siren song of all the, the bands, the guitars on Union Street are drawing me to them. Right? So it's, I mean, exactly what we already sort of talked about, which is it is the, the mysterious, sensual allure of the, the sound of, of bands playing live, which we all, I, I think we all understand what that, that feels like. You know, to, to, if you've ever been walking like down a city street or like Brown, headed music into scene, a, where you could go see just like the rawest punk rock. Oh, wait, I think we've both been talking for a minute. Or, well, I mean, basically, you there? yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Or, yeah. OK, so, yeah, it, it's the it's the idea of like if you're walking down a street and you don't know that a band is playing and then all of a sudden you hear a band playing and it becomes that, well, we're, we got to slide up in here and see what's going on. Right. It, it's it's the. uh like, I didn't know I wanted to hear live music, but now that I do, I really want to hear live music. And to kind of go back to what you were saying before about, like, the time that Bruce is writing this, I think he's drawing upon a memory of life before he had a record contract. Because if you read his autobiography, like, you know, like, that, this is how he felt about the Jersey Shore. Like, there, were, there was a magic in the air when you would go down there. And, like, all the bars were playing different bands. And you could, you could go into any number of places and hear what Bruce believed was like the greatest rock and roll that existed. You know, like he yeah. still talks about some of those guys that he grew up watching as like sort of like gods on earth. You know, he still plays with some of those guys because they were that. You know what I mean? Like they have they had lasting power. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we're talking like Southside Johnny and Joe Grushecki and um, the guy. Very sadly, the guy who died, who he writes about in the Wall. You know, yeah. um, and and so he, yeah, so he he does. He, he's drawing back upon like a very specific memory of how he felt like the Jersey Shore was, and and I think even to this day, I think he cares a lot about the idea that the Jersey Shore, the Jersey Shore, excuse me, remain that thing. You know, like um, I, I think he's de- he and Little Steven both I think are deeply invested in preserving sort of this idea that the Jersey Shore remains a place where the, ba- the where the bands are, as it were. I love when I find out that a town has like one of those weird, you know, underground like Memphis has like a weird punk scene. I'm I'm way too old to just go like stand in the back of the room now, but yeah. You know, like Goner Records. You find out there's like a weird a tiny little publication, you know, label or whatever just trying to get bands in stores and are putting out they're just putting on you know, punk shows in tiny uppity coffee shops. Like <laughs> that's when you know you've really cut, like stumbled onto something. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right, second verse. All right, it says. <laughs> Sorry, we're burning. I love so this song's great. <laughs> yeah. Okay, get off from work and I grab something to eat. I turn the corner and I drive down your street. Little gray houses, darling, look like uh, looks like nowhere. But hey, I know you're hiding in there. Come on out for just a little while. You know that heart of that heart of stone, girl. It just ain't your style. Tonight I want to feel the beat. Off. No, I'm sorry. Tonight I want to feel the beat of the crowd. And when I tell you that I love you, and you get a little echo of that, I want I want to have to shout it out loud, which is when Kiss breaks Shout it out shout, loud. Shout it out loud. And then he says, I want to be where the bands are, which goes back into the chorus. So now it's, again, there's like a romanticism to it. And then there's a, hey, come on, let's go. There's a little interlude. And then the third verse comes back and it says, I hear the guitars ringing out again, ringing out, ring on down Union Street. I hear the lead singer shouting, little girl, I want to be a slave to the beat. And I want something that'll break my chains, something to break my heart, something to shake my brains. There's a rocker's special on tonight. So meet me down, meet me on down neath the neon lights. I want to be where the bands are. So like it, so the, the last verse is sort of a quasi repeat of the first verse, which is a way to say like, he's back and he's doing it all again. Like th- this is part of his, his weekly routine. Like he, he does this thing and then he, which is why it's somewhat similar to out on the street. It's about a guy who like part of his weekly ritual is going and finding space where he can just kind of cut loose and be free, you know? And in this version of the, like out on the street is a lot more general. Like we're just gonna, we will enjoy ourselves no matter what. While this is very specifically, like we were, we are going to go find the bands, but this is really good and it's really fun. And, um, I like it. And if I were to Tell guess, me, I would say that this guy mostly wants to be where the bands are. For sure. He wants to be where the bands are. And of course, where, um, the, where the bands are is like shorthand for like wherever there is youth and fun and life. It's, it's where the life is. Where's like the thing that just rips your heart open happening? Yeah. And what's it going to take you to get there? Which I think is why thematically it would have worked really well on the river because I think the whole album could be summed up with the phrase, I want to be where the bands are. Because so much of the river, if not all of it, is about someone who's either looking for fun or feels like he's missing out on the fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, or he's feeling sympathetic towards someone who's missing out on the fun. Like, I want to marry you. You know, like, her, her problem is, like, she's just not, she doesn't get to be where the bands are because she's got this kid, you know? Um, but the whole album is about longing. And, and this song articulates right on the nose what the guy longs for. He wants to be where the bands are. And so, which I, I understand, like, the argument you were making before, which is that, like, from where he is in life, this, this would have fit really well on one of the two 1973 records. Yeah. But to articulate the theme of the river, like, this is right. Like, this, like, cause the whole thing is about longing for, for fun and energy and youth where it's possibly getting harder to find as you get older. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Let me ask you this. Yes. Was there a place in the town where you grew up that you knew you could go, like that you went regularly just to see bands you had never heard of? In the town where I grew up, no, aren't around anymore. But who like just changed the way you thought about music? Not in the town I grew up in. No, I mean like Oklahoma City was about an hour away, and that's the closest you could go. Or like Wake, like Waco in college, Fort Worth as a young man. I mean, yeah, there were there were places you could go, and uh, um, yeah, I, I could. I like heading down to going... before it was cool. Say what? <laughs> You were like heading down to Deep Ellum before it was cool, no, watching I, warehouse shows. I did a couple of times, but it's because I was taken by other people. I was terrified to go. Deep Ellum is like the cool place now in Dallas. When I was in college, when I was at TCU, like Deep Ellum was the place where if you got lost, you needed to like drive faster. 
it's it has changed a lot in the last 20 years yeah um, it is but but at the time there were places there were, like the door was down there and trees lounge and uh, gypsy gypsy tea room and i did every once in a while i would get dragged down there by a friend to go to the gypsy tea room and i d- i did discover some pretty great bands doing that but it was never a thing that i wanted like i i was always glad i did but i was always like i don't know guys <laughs> like i don't know i don't know how us like 19 year old college students from tc we're gonna do if we get in a, if we get in a <laughs> if we get in a problem if there's a situation down deep ellum um that said though like i do remember a couple of times like being down there and just sit, sitting in the middle of the gypsy tea room with like 150 other people and just being like oh my god this is like the best music i've ever heard right it's like when i saw i uh, took a friend to see kevin divine uh last year in oxford at this pretty you know good sized venue but not like a big venue it wasn't a and he was just an opener for whoever else came for. And I've been talking about him all night, and he's like, yeah, 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 whatever. And he turns and looks at me, and he goes, how does not everyone know about him? <laughs> but, like, there's that – that's what the song is about, is those moments to me. like, Yeah, the moments of discovery, the moments of – Yeah. Yeah, of, of joy when you're not – I mean, really, it's like joy when you're not expecting. It's, it's, it's when the joy sneaks up on you. And you go looking for where the bands are because you might – you know, like, that's probably <laughs> – um, that's the place where you are most likely to, to make a, a good discovery. How many guitars ringing out do you hear when you hear this song? All right. So I think I was at four when we started talking about it, but I, <laughs> I think I'm at five now, obviously. I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This song kicks ass. <laughs> it's very good. It's a really good song. I, I am a four, uh, but it's a, I'm, I'm an enthusiastic four. I really, really Just like this. Very song. enthusiastic four. All I right, would, cool. I would be thrilled if he pulled this one out at a show. They would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I knew just knew going into this that I was going to give it a four, and you were going to give it a five. Oh, that's really funny. Well, yeah. we subvert the expectations here. At Bruce Springsteen sings the alphabet. We have shaken some brains. We have shaken some brains. All right. Well, uh, thanks everybody for listening, and we'll be back in your feed next time with the song "White Town." So uh, get out your map of Washington D.C. and hey, <laughs> just kidding. All right. Well, thanks everybody. <laughs> Have a good uh, have a good rest of your however long it takes us to get back in your feet. We'll see you soon.